Hey guys, welcome to Relatable. Happy Tuesday. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. Go to goodranchers.com slash Allie for a discount. That's goodranchers.com slash Allie. All right, guys, we've got a jam-packed episode for you today. We are going to talk about this wonderful news that there is no longer a mask mandate for air travel or any mass transportation. This is really good news. So we're going to talk about how this happened, what this means, could this be overturned, how the airlines have responded, and how people are freaking out in two different ways on both sides of the aisle on Twitter. We're going to talk about all of that. We are also going going to talk about Libs of TikTok, this famous or infamous account, depending on what side you are on, that just posts TikToks that liberals post themselves to expose this crazy ideology that is so pervasive in our country and especially in our education system. Well, she has been doxxed now. And so we are going to talk about that story in the Washington Post. And then we are going to ask the very sincere question, is our president okay? Is our president okay? We're going to look at a couple things that really makes us wonder what the answer is to that question. But before we get into that, I have a very special announcement. If you are watching on YouTube, you might see that I have a shirt on that says politics matter because policies matter because people matter. This has been our uh, alliteration and one of the many sayings that we have on the show that we have said several times. And now we have it on a t-shirt and it is available I don't know the link, actually. I was going to tell you the link, but we'll put it in the description of the YouTube video and of the podcast. So you should definitely go get one of these t-shirts. If you're not watching on YouTube, I will post it on Instagram so you can see what it looks like. It's really soft. It's really comfortable. I'm wearing a large. I kind of like my shirts baggier, but of course we've got all different sides. Let me show you two other shirts that we have. We have four shirts total. This has been a long time coming, guys. You have been asking me for a very long time, can we get these phrases on a t-shirt? And I've been saying, yes, yes, eventually. And finally it happened. So I'm so grateful for that. I know you guys are going to be super excited. And then we also have this one, raise a respectful ruckus. And uh, our designers here at Blaze TV are really, really good and really talented. And we worked together to try to come up with something that we thought was on brand and also that you guys would like. So raise a respectful ruckus and then politics matter because policies matter because people matter. Politics affects policy, policy affects people. That part isn't on the shirt, but it's implied and you guys know it. And then We've got branded t-shirts that just have like the relatable logo on there, relatable with Ali Beth Stucky with the relatable R. And then we have another one on there that I don't have in front of me, but is also available. They come in different colors. Like this Politics Matter one comes in a bunch of different fun colors. I think like light green and light blue. This is the blue gray. I think it also comes in white. And so great gift for you. Great gift for your friends. I'm super excited about it. We already feel like we are a family and a tribe in a community here at Relatable. You guys tell me all the time that you feel like we know each other, like we are family and friends. I feel like that too. And I think that merch in its own way kind of brings us together. If you see someone out in the wild with this Politics Matter shirt on, you can say, hey, we listen to the same 
podcast. Um, there'll be more stuff. I'm hoping that we can create some stickers and some patches and some tumblers and all that fun stuff for you guys to enjoy. But for now, we've got the t-shirt. So please go buy a t-shirt. That would mean so much to me. And I just think it's, I think it's fun if we're all wearing the same clothes. And plus it's a good, it's a good message too, right? It's a good reminder to people that politics really do matter because People really do matter. Who you vote for matters because it affects policy that then affects people, especially the most vulnerable people in your lives. Which brings me to our first topic of conversation today, which is this mask mandate, which has been revoked. It's been removed on mass transportation. And I'm super, super excited about this. Just before I get into how this went down and how this fits into what I was just saying about who you vote for matters because it has an effect on the policy that can really change your life and your quality of life, just on a personal note. And I know that this is relatable to a lot of you guys. For the past year, we have not been able to fly with our entire family because we have a toddler who I don't want to force. I don't want to force her to wear a mask. She's never had to wear a mask. And I don't think that she would be willing or able to wear a mask for an entire flight. And a lot of people say that, um, you know, they've been able to fly with their toddler unmasked and it hasn't been a big deal because you just kind of give them snacks and the flight attendants are gracious and they understand, which I'm hoping that would have been the case for us. But I was too scared that there would be some power tripping flight attendant that would force her to wear a mask. She wouldn't do it. And then we would have to get kicked off a plane or we would go viral. I mean, we've seen those videos for the past couple of years, which have just been tragic. We've seen kids with special needs. We've seen young children, kids with asthma, coughing, and you've got the flight attendant on a power trip for no other reason except these are the rules. Yeah, there are a lot of rules that are really draconian and immoral that you really would be okay not enforcing. And this was one of them. We saw families suffer because of this. I mean, think about how many people have avoided travel. They've avoided going to see their families. They've avoided doing things that they really want to do and even need to do because they are afraid that they're going to get kicked off a flight because their two-year-old would not wear a mask. And guys, there is absolutely no science still, as we have said many times, that shows that it is effective for two-year-olds, for young kids to be wearing a mask. The WHO, which I think is, by and large, a very corrupt organization, even they don't recommend that kids under five, year, uh, five years old wear a mask. And they actually say under the age of 12, it should really only be in select scenarios, but definitely not under the age of five. You've got places like Australia and other countries that actually have very strict restrictions um, on COVID and have for the past couple of years. They don't even force kids to wear masks at a very young age. And yet in America, for no scientific reason, for no explanation that we know of, the CDC has never been able to give us an explanation. Like, what is the why? How does it make sense for a kid to be forced to wear this little cloth mask that they're going to be taking on and off that's not going to fit them properly? 
when we know that they are not driving the spread of COVID. So it's never made sense. The mask mandates in schools have never made sense. The fact that there are still two and three year olds being forced in some preschools across the country in the most liberal cities to wear masks. It is absolutely immoral. It is unethical. You are causing developmental delays, maybe lifelong struggles, even psychological struggles in these young kids for nothing. You are not stopping the spread of the virus. You are not saving any lives. You are only hurting the most vulnerable and voiceless people in our society, and that is young children. So it's always been immoral, not to mention the fact that mask mandates in airplanes have always been unscientific. Because of the filters, the air filtration in airplanes, it's actually one of the safest places that you can be. Theoretically, it makes sense that it would be dangerous in an airplane to spread different sicknesses, viruses, but actually the filtration system is constantly filtering the air so that you are not just breathing the same recycled air over and over again. That's something that I didn't know. Maybe at the beginning of this, I would have thought, yeah, if there's going to be any place that we wear a mask, maybe it should be an airplane where, you know, it's so confined. It's in such a closed space that it does make sense maybe to wear a mask. That was before I realized that masks, most masks, the vast majority of masks really don't work. They're completely ineffective against the spread of the virus. And that was also before I realized and learned the filtration system in an airplane is really so effective that that is not a driver of the spread of COVID. And so I am thrilled. I'm thrilled for all of those reasons. It's crazy that it took this long. Um, But finally, finally, it's here. A little bit of sanity infused into our culture. And I know Those of you who are in Canada, it's still so hard for you because not only do you have mask mandates, but you also have a vaccine mandate, which is completely irrational on planes. You can't even get on a plane without showing proof of vaccination. And man, you guys fought and tried as hard as you could. Unfortunately, the tyranny in Canada is a few steps further than it is here in the United States. If you want to come on down, you're welcome to come on down to the United States. Um, I don't even know if you can do that without proof of vaccination, but we definitely need more freedom-loving people here. But just know that I haven't forgot about you there in Canada. All right, we're going to talk about how all this went down and the reactions to it in just one second. But let me tell you about our first sponsor for the day, and that is Crowd Health. This is such a meaningful sponsor because what they do can really change your life. It can really make a difference when you're, whether you are in hard times because you lost your job or just in general, you're looking for um, a form of security when it comes to healthcare coverage. I don't know if you knew this, but 250,000 people with health insurance went bankrupt last year due to medical costs. And there's nothing that stops insurance companies and hospitals from continuing to raise prices. High costs are scaring people away from their dreams. Millions of people choose not to become entrepreneurs because of the price of health insurance. And if that's you, or if you are in a similar position, you need to check out Crowd Health. It's not health insurance, and that is why it works. 
With insurance, you pay huge premiums for high deductibles, which means on top of the thousands you pay to keep your plan, you end up paying thousands before insurance kicks in a cent. But how crowd health works is that it puts the community back in community health care. It gives its members access to high quality care for up to 60% less in the process. So here's how it works. You pay one low monthly total to fund your account and get access to the crowd health community. That's less than $200 a month for most people. A percent of your monthly contribution directly funds and reduces the health care costs of the community. You pay the first $500 of a health event. The rest gets submitted to the crowd health community members for funding. And unlike insurance, you're not limited by doctor networks when looking for care. It succeeds by keeping its members happy. Members shop for great care at a fair price, makes payments to doctors and members as quickly as possible, negotiates on the community's behalf when unexpected bills arrive. Right now, my listeners can get their first six months for just $99 a month. That's almost 50% off the normal price and a lot less than a high deductible healthcare plan. Go to joincrowdhealth.com. Use promo code Allie at sign up for that amazing discount. That's joincrowdhealth.com. Promo code Allie. Crowd Health is not health insurance. It's a totally different way of paying for healthcare. Term and conditions may apply. Joincrowdhealth.com. Code Allie. All right, let me tell you how this all went down. So in July 2021, a nonprofit called the Health Freedom Defense Fund sued the federal government to overturn the mask requirement on public transportation. And this is two individuals, just two private citizens that joined with the Health Freedom Defense Fund to sue the federal government. So go you two. We like to say that courage is contagious and that we need to share the arrows with people who are showing courage. And these people and this organization stood up and did something that was wildly unpopular, at least among the the mainstream media and a lot of people in this country. And they pushed back. They pushed back against the government that they knew uh, uh, against a policy that they knew was unlawful and that they knew was unnecessary. Some airlines have lobbied the Biden administration to rescind the rule, arguing that aircraft air filtration systems make them low risk, as we just talked about. And so the Biden administration has been feeling the heat from these corporations. And that's good because corporations are typically lobbying against the interest of most conservatives and really just your average moderate American. But in this case, I think airlines realize this is such a hassle. It's unnecessary. I'm sure flight attendants, some, as we've stated earlier, are power tripping, but I'm sure most flight attendants did not like this mandate. Like what a hassle it is to feel like you have to continually remind people to put their mask over their nose. Some flight attendants, I think, enjoyed it, yes, but I think a lot of flight attendants didn't. They felt like they just had to do their job. They had to constantly nag people to follow the rules. They didn't want to do that. Now they don't have to worry about it. And so I'm sure these corporations were feeling heat from their own employees and then the corporations were then turning around and trying to pressure the Biden administration, which there's a good lesson in there. Another good lesson is that your voice as an employee, as a, as a citizen, really does matter. You don't know what kind of long-term effect that can have. And yet the Biden administration wasn't responding to the pressure from these corporations. They have continued to extend the deadline and have continued to force 
TSA to enforce this mask mandate. Every month or so, the mask mandate was set to expire, and then the Biden administration would announce, no, we're just going to keep extending it. But then a U.S. district judge for the Middle District of Florida in Tampa, Florida, Catherine Kimball Mazel, issued a 59-page ruling that the CDC failed to justify the requirement and did not follow proper rulemaking. She clerked under Justice Clarence Thomas. That makes sense. That's why she's so smart. She was also a Trump appointee. Of course, you've got people on the left saying, oh, she's so young. She's 33 years old. She's not qualified. The American Bar Association said she's not qualified. Here, just here's some here's a here's a, a a little bit of insight. The American Bar Association is now a left wing institution for the most part, unfortunately. And so they almost always say that judicial nominees that don't align with their ideology are unqualified. What they mean by that is that they're not activists. That just happens to be the case now. It is very difficult to get a Supreme Court clerkship. So we know that this person is smart. Yes, she's young. So that automatically means she's not going to have as much experience as someone that's 20 years older than her. But that's also why she was picked. I mean, this is a lifelong position. So she is going to make a big difference for many years to come. Praise God for these judicial nominees. The CDC director relied on a section of the Public Health Services Act of 1944 for authority. This empowers him to promulgate regulations aimed at identifying, isolating, and destroying diseases. PHSA has generally allowed the CDC to quarantine infected individuals and prevent the sale or import of animals known to transmit disease. After rigorous statutory analysis, Judge uh, Judge Mazel said the court concludes that the PHSA does not authorize the CDC to issue the mask mandate. The Biden administration, of course, is not happy about this. They've never been able to explain why they recommend masks or why they mandate masks for certain groups of people, why they recommend masks, especially for young people. This is a headline from The Hill. White House urges travelers to keep wearing masks after, quote, disappointing ruling. Jin Psaki, that's the press secretary, told reporters during the daily briefing that administration officials are still reviewing the ruling from federal from the federal judge in Florida which she called disappointing. The press secretary left the door open to the administration appealing the ruling. Saki to Peter Ducey of Fox News when he asked why there are no mask mandates inside the White House. Uh, she said, I'm not a doctor. You're not a doctor that I'm aware of. She always has that kind of uh, snarky response to Peter Ducey, who I think, for the record, asks really good and compelling questions. Uh, she recently called him an expletive in some kind of forum. And I know that it gets tired to say things like that, say things like this, but can you imagine if Kaylee McEnany or uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders had said something like that about an MSNBC or a CNN reporter? Of course, it would have been headline news, but everyone defends Jin Psaki for calling Peter Ducey an SOB. Anyway, they're sad about this. They are going to appeal this, but it actually looks like that they are that they either uh, aren't going to appeal it or that the effort is going to fail. That is what um, experts are saying really on both sides of the aisle, that this is going to stand in place. And one of the reasons why all these corporations, all these airlines have made the announcement so quickly, we're talking about Delta, Southwest, Alaskan Air, I think Alaskan Air, yeah, American Air, United, all announced so quickly that they are not 
going to require masks is because it's much harder to go back on a decision like this when corporations have already changed their policy. The TSA response and administration official, today's court decision means CDC's public transportation masking order is not in effect at this time. Therefore, TSA will not enforce its security directives and emergency amendment requiring mask use on public transportation and transportation hubs at this time. Of course, I'm sure that there is some kind of narrow possibility that this could change in the future, um, but for now, it's going to be really hard for it to go back. And so it is absolutely worth celebration. And that means that you don't have to wear a mask when you're at the airport, which I haven't been doing for a very long time, by the way, um, except when I go through security. And you don't have to wear it on an airplane. And a lot of people were super excited about this. As you can imagine, there were announcements made mid-air. And so I just want to show some of those uh, some of those clips of people cheering on the airplane after they were told that they can take off their mask. The Biden administration announced that the Transportation Security Administration will no longer enforce the federal mandate requiring masks in all U.S. airports and onboard aircraft. Uh, on our Delta hub, it says mask now optional for employees, customers, following White House. That last one was my favorite. The flight attendant, he if you're listening to this, he's walking down the aisle and he's holding a plastic bag and singing Throw Away Your Masks. That was amazing. He also has an awesome voice. So I'm super excited about this. This, I mean, it really does make a positive difference in our lives. And I mean, voting for Trump got us this particular judge. And now she has made this monumental awesome decision and i'm super excited about it not everyone is excited about it however as you can imagine the authoritarian left is very upset about this there is this doctor he's a blue check mark on twitter jeremy faust md ms in parentheses er physician shocked and shooketh that he does not have his pronouns also in his name but they're probably somewhere in his bio he says this Hi, at United. This is probably his tone of voice. I'm just guessing. When I bought my tickets for me, my wife, in parentheses, who is pregnant, and our unvaccinated four-year-old, I assumed you would continue to have a mask mandate. Now you cancel it and we will have to board our return flight under your new no mask required policy? Thanks so much. And at the time of this screenshot, it had 21,000 likes, which means that there are several thousand people who agree with this kind of thing. And it's just, it's just an emergency room physician. Like, how do we not know how are only conservatives and center-right people privy to all of the science and the many studies and even some of the journalistic pieces in what I would call left-wing outlets that have talked about the ineffectiveness of mask mandates in general, but particularly on planes. It is a way to virtue signal, unless everyone has a properly fitted N95, 
It's a way to virtue signal. It's a way to make you feel safer. It doesn't actually keep you safe. And even if you have a properly fitted N95, if you're not sick, then you're not going to be, you're not protecting yourself from spreading a virus because you're not going to be spreading the virus anyway. And asymptomatic spread that's already been proven to not be a significant, if any kind of driver of COVID. So it's always been silly. The sad part about this is that it's taken so long. Also, there was this really funny tweet by someone named Jared Rabble. Have no idea who this person is. In fact, I had had this person blocked on Twitter, which means he said something trolly to me at one point. But this was a funny development that occurred. So he satirically tweeted, I boarded a plane today with my son and and mid-flight, the pilot announces that the mask mandate is over. Flight attendants pulled off their masks and sneezed directly into their hands while screaming, this is MAGA airspace. My son turned to me in tears. I don't know what to do. So obviously this is satirical. It's also playing off of the Jesse Smollett thing where He claimed, you know, the two guys in Chicago in a polar vortex yelled at him, this is MAGA country. (laughs) Oh, that's still funny. That's still funny. So he's playing off of that. Obviously, this is a joke. I mean, listen to this. Flight attendants pulled off their masks and sneezed directly into their hands while screaming, this is MAGA airspace. Okay, obviously, that's a joke. It's funny. I'm like kind of in tears just laughing at this. Okay, he got... A message from a New York Times reporter named Victoria Kim. This is hilarious. And she said, hi, Jared. I'm a New York Times journalist. I'd love to speak to you over the phone about what happened on your flight this evening. Can you please give me a call at Redacted or let me know how I can reach you? Hope this isn't coming too late in your day. Thank you. Look forward to hearing from you. She thought this was serious. She thought that flight attendants were sneezing into their hands while screaming, this is MAGA airspace. (laughs) I would like you to take some time to picture that and think about what kind of person, like how many brain worms you have to have in your mind to think that that is real. He responds, hello, Victoria. I would love to discuss the incident at your earliest convenience. I was pretty upset about the whole thing. Unfortunately, it's satire that only someone at the New York Times would believe. In my time of contemplation, I was wondering how your team deals with the multitude of false stories that you peddle out daily to use as political propaganda. And if you could give me advice on how to take my satire to the next level, best wishes. I kind of want to unblock this person just for this exchange. Hilarious. I mean, think about how insulated from reality you have to be to think that his tweet is real. It's really incredible. And then we've also got we've also got the um, Christian angle on this. We've got John Pavlitz. Pavlitz. Um, he very frequently tweets out ridiculous propaganda. He claims, I think, to be a Christian, but he thinks Jesus was some like transgender communist. And so everything that he says about the Bible is wrong. Everything. I've invited him. I'm pretty sure I've invited him several times on my show to no avail. He tweets this. You know what sucks? Millions of professed Christians are celebrating not having to show compassion for other people. That's what sucks. I mean, should we even dignify this tweet with a response? We've talked about this many times. Uh, masks that don't wear ineffective masks 
Wearing them is not loving your neighbor because it's not doing anything. Once again, it's a virtue signal. Virtue signals are something that you do to seem virtuous without actually having to be virtuous. You're not showing compassion for your neighbor. You're not. You're not showing compassion for your neighbor by wearing a mask. Maybe certain masks in certain settings with certain people. Absolutely. But wearing your flimsy mask on an airplane is not loving your neighbor or showing compassion for anyone. And by the way, the mask that I have been wearing on the plane is a mesh mask. It's mesh. It's full of holes. So if you've been sitting by me, you don't even get a, the pretense of protection on, in, on, on a flight. So in a lot of people, by the way, a lot of people have been wearing mesh masks. You can't even tell that they're mesh on airplanes. So um, hate to break it to you, but there has been even less protection than you thought on airplanes because most people aren't actually, or a lot of people aren't actually wearing real masks. So there are going to be people freaking out about this. I saw some other blue check mark leftists freaking out about the fact that this judge is a Trump appointee. She's only 33 years old and the ABA said she wasn't qualified. And oh, by the way, her husband worked under the Trump administration. Boo hoo. I like her. She's smart and she's pretty and she seems to have integrity. And obviously she is extremely discerning and wise. You can read her 59 page decision. Even if you don't agree with it, then you, even if you don't agree with it, you can't think that she is some unqualified dummy. She is obviously brilliant. She is obviously, she obviously knows what she's doing here. And this is something that I see on the left a lot. They make this argument from authority fallacy. Instead of actually arguing with her decision, instead of actually going through the 59 pages and say, this is what she said, here's why it's wrong. Here's why she is going against precedent or going against the law, whatever it is. Instead of arguing with her on her argument's merits, they instead try to make her seem like she lacks credibility by saying that she was appointed by Donald Trump. That is a fallacy. That is an argument from authority fallacy, basically saying that you have to have some kind of authority that the left deems official or sufficient in order to have an argument that really counts. But if you really want to, sans logical fallacy, contend with what someone says, you have to contend with the substance of what they say. I haven't seen anyone on the left say that. I haven't seen anyone actually explain why her decision was wrong. Of course, it wasn't wrong. It should have happened a long time ago, but I'm so glad that it happened. And this, I mean, this changes things for the summer. I feel like we should just all book flights with our families right now. And so, amen, hallelujah, I'm pumped about this. It is absolutely a reason to celebrate. Don't be cynical. Don't worry about it being overturned. Maybe it will be, but let's enjoy it while we can. All right, before we talk about this libs of TikTok saga, let me tell you about our second sponsor for the day, and that is Hunter Douglas. Hunter Douglas can help you live well with their innovative window shade designs, their gorgeous fabrics, their control systems that are so advanced they can be scheduled to automatically adjust to their optimal position throughout the day. 
They've got superior insulation that the shades provide that it keeps you warmer in the winter, cooler in the summer, which lowers utility bills. Really important. And it also adjusts throughout the day with their power view technology so your shades can be set to automatically reposition for the perfect balance of light, privacy, and insulation morning, noon, and night. So they make your life easier, they lower your utility bills, and they look great. These are super high quality shades. So if you are looking for window coverings, you really need to look at Hunter Douglas. My parents use Hunter Douglas in their home. They love it. They have used Hunter Douglas products for a really long time, and they love using Hunter Douglas. So live beautifully with Hunter Douglas, enjoying greater convenience, enhanced style, and increased comfort in your home throughout the day. Right now, for a limited time, you can take advantage of generous rebate savings opportunities on select styles. Just visit HunterDouglas.com slash Allie for details. That's HunterDouglas.com slash Allie, HunterDouglas.com slash Allie. Okay, I want to talk about this Libs of TikTok story. So Libs of TikTok is an account with over 600,000 followers on Twitter. All they do is post TikToks by left-wingers on Twitter. That's all they do. And sometimes they provide their own commentary, but they are just posting the videos that left-wingers are making public themselves. And it's really exposed just how disgusting and predatory a lot of left-wing teachers are. I mean, we're talking about people who are openly confessing to teaching young children, even preschoolers, about gender ideology and sex switching and making children try to pick different pronouns without their parents knowing. Of course, they expose teachers talking about CRT and queer theory and all of this left-wing indoctrination behind administrators' backs, behind parents' backs. And all Libs of TikTok does is expose that and is say, Here's what's going on. She is not editing these clips. She is not she is not failing to provide any context plus with these clips like context wouldn't make a difference here. She has chosen to remain anonymous because unfortunately, even just doing something like this, which is highlighting left-wing ideology in their own words, showing their own videos, she understands that she is susceptible to attacks, probably even death threats, because left-wing ideology does not like to be exposed. It uses euphemisms. It uses secrecy in order to spread. I used this analogy this morning, and I understand that it is probably very offensive to people. And I am not calling people this, but I am talking about this pernicious, insidious, pervasive ideology of leftism. It is like mold. It is. It is like mold. When it gets somewhere, it spreads very quickly and it thrives in darkness and in secrecy. If you don't know about mold, if you never see mold, you don't do anything about it. And before you know it, it's infected your whole house and it's starting to make you sick. And so your options are to expose the mold and to do something about it, get rid of it or move. 
That is true about leftism. Progressivism, as I've said so many times, it destroys. It destroys institutions. It destroys families. It destroys churches. It destroys your theology because it doesn't actually believe in any kind of objective value system. It doesn't believe in absolute or objective truth. It just breaks down institutions and traditions in the name of change, and it doesn't replace it with anything except for chaos and confusion. That's true when it comes to our view of race. It's true when it comes to our view of rights. It's true when it comes to our view of the family and sexuality and gender. All it does is deconstruct it, and it doesn't offer anything in the form of reconstructing. It's like that analogy, I didn't come up with it. I think it was Chesterton that the difference between conservative and liberals is that if you see like a fence in a field, a liberal would come up and just take it down without asking, what is it here for? Whereas a conservative would say, well, we should probably see what this fence is here for before we take it down. Maybe we should take it down, but maybe not. And lo and behold, the fence is actually holding back this deadly, vicious tiger. And so that is the difference between conservatism and liberalism. Sometimes the fences do need to come down, but tearing down the fences and structures and institutions and traditions for the sake of tearing them down without providing anything better in return, that's just going to lead to moral and political anarchy. And humans don't survive well in that. And children should not be victims of that. Children, as we often say, are always the unconsenting subjects of progressive social experiments, whether it is COVID policy and mask mandates, whether it is this kind of sexual, gender, racial indoctrination happening in schools, whether it's abortion, whether it's this gender ideology that is literally physically harming young children and psychologically for their entire lives. Children are always, because they're defenseless, because they're voiceless, because they are vulnerable, they don't have any political power, they they can't speak up for themselves or um, they can't push back against this stuff, they are always the target of these kinds of progressive social experiments and predation. And Lips of TikTok is just exposing that. And because leftism, as I said, it it spreads best in the dark, it doesn't like that. So that's why Taylor Lorenz, who is a left-wing journalist from the Washington Post, wrote an article exposing the identity of Libs of TikTok, which she has carefully tried to hide. And not only did she expose this person's identity, she also talks about her religion. She apparently showed up at the house of the Libs of TikTok uh, creator's relatives. And this is something that Taylor Lorenz does. If you don't know who she is, she's a technology reporter from the Washington Post. And she has a habit of doing this, of doxing people, of exposing people's identity who don't want to be exposed, uh, showing up at the house, houses of people. She has reportedly showed up at the houses of teenagers, of young people, trying to talk to them about certain stories, um, uh, even without the knowledge and presence of their parents. And so she's a very troubling person who, at the same time, is constantly crying about being harassed online. She was just crying a couple weeks ago on MSNBC talking about how bullying and trolling and making people feel unsafe online is really, it's terrible and it's really affected her life, which by the way, I agree with. I I agree. I don't think you should be doxing people. I don't think you should reveal the identities or the information of people who are not revealing those things. I think that's awful. I would never do that to anyone on either side of the aisle. That's a, a terrible, terrible thing to do. 
Um, And yet, Taylor Lorenz does that. She does it and she calls it reporting. She thinks because she works for the Washington Post and she poses as a journalist that doxing people is suddenly not just cyberbullying. It is just cyberbullying. And by the way, in her whole article where she is exposing libs of TikTok, all she's doing is complaining that libs of TikTok is exposing left-wing ideology. That's all she's that's all she's doing. Actually, the identity of libs of TikTok is not pertinent uh, pertinent to the story at all. And the fact that she is an Orthodox Jew is not relevant to the story at all. And yet, for some strange reason, Taylor Lorenz decides to bring that up. She turns off her replies on Twitter because she doesn't want to be harassed or she really doesn't want any criticism or pushback. But she went out of her way to expose this person's first and last name and general location who did not want to be exposed, who was doing nothing wrong. She runs a Twitter account. Who cares? This is y'all's ideology. Okay, if you agree with it, if you agree with what these people are saying, that it's okay to try to get young kids, five-year-olds, to question their gender and their pronoun usage and to indoctrinate kids in this way, then why do you care if it's being shown on social media? Why do you disagree with that? Of course, she paints the picture that Libs of TikTok is anti-LGBTQ because of this when she just happens to be posting the craziest videos and the sexual identity and the so-called gender identity of these people, it's incidental. I mean, it's just, it's a part of it. She's not anti-LGBTQ. I'm actually sure of that. But she's posting crazy videos. And Taylor Lawrence doesn't like it. The left doesn't like it because the only way their ideology works is through lying. Is through describing what they are and what they do in terms that are palatable, but not in terms that are sincere or true. It's like when they are saying that they need to protect democracy and that, well, we need to protect democracy, so we're going to federalize local elections. We need to protect democracy, so we need to crack down on speech on social media. We need to protect democracy, so we need to make sure that all dissenting voices and opinions are silenced. I mean, that's what they say. When they say they want to protect democracy, what they really mean is left-wing totalitarianism. And they might see that as democratic in some way, but they actually mean the opposite of what they say. It's the same thing when they use terms like reproductive justice or reproductive choice or reproductive freedom. And really, that's a euphemism for abortion. When abortion doesn't have to do it has to have to do anything with reproduction. You have the freedom to reproduce, but you should not have the freedom to kill your child. And so the left has to use lies. They have to use censorship. They have to use darkness. They have to use euphemisms in order to push their agenda at all. That's why they don't like libs of TikTok. End of story. That's what it is. That's why they didn't want Elon Musk to take over Twitter because they don't want more voices. They don't want more opinions. They don't want less censorship. At one point, liberals, true classical liberals, were against all of that stuff. But now the left in America is decidedly authoritarian. It's, uh, authoritarian. They push authoritarianism in, in many different ways. And it's funny. It's also like called their bluff on the whole. While Twitter can make whatever rules they want to, the First Amendment doesn't apply to Twitter it's it's a private company. They can do what they they can do what they want to do. They only say that when Twitter is discriminating against the people they want them to discriminate against. If Elon Musk really did take over Twitter 
And he decided that he wasn't going to kick people off the platform for saying that man is a man like Megan Murphy and many other people, Babylon B, Charlie Kirk. I was temporarily kicked off Twitter for saying the same thing. Then they would be saying that that's a threat to democracy. That's a threat to decency. And there, the government needs to step in and do something. They would be singing a completely different tune because they like discrimination. They like censorship. They like suppression when it benefits them, when it benefits their ideology. That's why they don't like Elon Musk. That's why they don't like libs of TikTok. But what does that mean for us? That means that we have to keep doubling down. They don't like it when we just say what things are. They don't like it when we describe abortion. They don't like it when we talk about what social justice and racial justice and CRT actually is. They don't like it when we expose their uh, sexual and gender ideologies in schools. They don't like that kind of thing. Um, And so that just means we have to keep doing it, right? We just have to keep doubling down and raising a respectful ruckus about the things that matter. All right, let me tell you about our last sponsor for the day before we check in on the mental state of the leader of the free world. And that last sponsor is Annie's Kit Clubs. All right, if you are looking for a way to make sure that your children are entertained without just putting them in front of a tablet or a screen, a TV, you want to make sure that they are actually exercising their mind. But hey, you got to get things done. You got to clean up the house or clean the kitchen or make dinner or whatever it is. You need to do, you need to keep your kids occupied in a way that is productive and healthy for their brains. You need Annie's Kit Clubs. Whether your kids are into crafting or woodworking or STEM projects or you want them to be, Annie's Kit Clubs has a membership for them. Your kids can learn new skills, express themselves, and gain confidence. With Annie's Kit Clubs, you can keep the whole family engaged and creative with hands-on monthly kits. Next time the family is stuck inside, instead of reaching for the remote or having your kids spend more hours in front of screens, treat your kids and yourself to something fun and creative. Now is a great time to try Annie's Kit Clubs because they're offering 75% off your first shipment. All subscriptions are month to month. You can cancel at any time. Go to annieskitclubs.com slash Allie. Get your first month 75% off. That's annieskitclubs.com slash Allie for 75% off your first month. annieskitclubs.com slash Allie. That's annieskitclubs.com slash Allie. All right, you guys know the president is not doing well. And I've never wanted to make fun of, I I absolutely don't want to make fun of dementia or Alzheimer's or make light of that. Because, you know, a lot of people on the left did that under Trump when they questioned his mental state. And to me, it was always very disrespectful to people who actually suffer from dementia and Alzheimer's that you would be saying that someone that you just don't like or who has a different way of talking has these uh, diseases and is suffering from that, it always seems just very yucky to me. And so I've never wanted to throw those accusations around about President Biden because I understand I don't like his policies. I don't like them. And so I wanted to make sure that I wasn't criticizing him in that way just because I have, you know, a bias against him. I disagree with him fundamentally on like everything. But it's become more and more obvious over the past year, that he really is in mental decline. That's what he is suffering from. I don't know if he has any kind of specific diagnosis. He probably does, and we just don't know about it. But he can't handle himself. 
He doesn't know where he is, it seems like, half the time. He doesn't know what he is supposed to say. He mutters about not being allowed to answer questions or not being allowed to do certain things. He seems turned around at any given moment after he takes a podium and then has to get off stage. It seems like he doesn't know what he's doing without handlers. And that's a big deal. I don't wish bad things for him. I wish that he would get better. But look, the guy's old. So it's not really against him personally. A lot of old people are like that. He's really old. And this is a national security risk at this point. He's not running the show. There's no way that he is running the show. The guy can barely talk. And this is different than Trump. He has a different, you know, Trump has a style of speaking that is just kind of funny. And he's always been that way. But with Biden, he has not always talked like he does now. And of course, people say, well, he has a speech impediment. Really? It developed in his old age? I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure that's the struggle here. Let me play you a couple clips that have just been troubling over the past couple of days that shows that um, I just don't think I don't think our commander in chief is doing well. Okay, so I'm going to quickly read Brown Bear, Brown Bear, so you're all not soaking wet. And they're not going to let me read it all. <laughs> I'll let you, here, you can start no. us off. Can you, oh, here, can I I'll read let backwards? you read the first page. Go ahead. Brown Bear, Brown Bear, what do you see? Thank you and happy, happy Easter. <laughs> all right. Okay, so let me explain those to you if you were listening or if you didn't catch what was happening. The first clip, he is reading Brown Bear, Brown Bear to a bunch of children. And he says, you know, you heard him say, they're not going to let me read anything. And then Jill Biden, you can tell she's very hesitant to do this. She hands in the book and turns it around, you know, so they can see the pictures like what you normally do with children. You can look down and you can read if like, you know, words, you can look down and you can see it upside down, but you're still able to know what it says. Plus, I feel like everyone over the age of 30 has his book memorized, but he can't do that. And so she has to turn it back around for him to like look at it straight on so he can read it. And then, of course, the kids can't see the pictures, which is basically all they want to see in a book anyway. And then after he reads the first page, she takes it back. And it's just really sad. And then in the second clip, you can't really see, but or you can't really hear. But he is, he says, Happy Easter. And Jill Biden is waving and she's going, wave, wave. And then he lifts up his hand and waves. And so she is obviously his handler. And it's really sad when you think about what they are putting him through. She obviously knows his cognitive ability or lack thereof. Other people close to him in his life obviously know that he is really struggling and suffering, and they are still putting him out there. They're still trotting him out there because the DNC made a deal during the campaign that he was going to be the guy and that he was going to be the only one to beat Trump. And they were probably right about that. They knew he was going to be unable to lead. And so they've put a bunch of radicals around him to do the job that they know that he can't do. But it's really cruel. Like he should be relaxing in Delaware on the beach, wherever he spends the majority of his time right now. He shouldn't be in charge of our nukes. Like he shouldn't be in charge of all of these big issues that our country is struggling through right now. But really, that has an impact on the world. And so it's very sad. It's very sad. It's sad for all of us. And all we can do, I guess, is just hope and pray that we get through these next two years and that we can elect someone better in the future. It kind of reminds me of in Isaiah 
the judgment on Judah and Jerusalem when God says, I will make boys their princes and infants shall rule over them. Now, there's a lot of different things that that could mean. And I'm not saying it's applying exactly to what we're going through right now, but it does speak to a a kind of curse that is on a land or um, just a misfortune that a land is going through that a nation is experiencing when you have infantile leaders, when you have immature and childish leaders. And unfortunately, we literally do right now. It is like we are being led by a child. That is a curse. That is bad for the nation. And so despite our disagreements with them, we should still We should still, for the sake of our country, for the sake of the people that we love, we should continue to pray for our leadership as terrible and as incompetent as they are, while also celebrating that a judge made a really good decision that makes our lives a lot better. All right, that's all we've got time for today. Tomorrow is going to be an awesome interview that I'm super excited about that we've been planning for for a long time. Make sure that you click on the link in my description, get you some merch like the shirt that I'm wearing and some other cute shirts and we've got more stuff coming. Super excited about it. All right, I will see you guys back here tomorrow.